With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me in the back of an Uber, in which we are being recorded via dash cam, is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, are we going to talk some shit about the coaches today? Uh, probably not, but just, just I, I'm kind of wondering if we are. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think if that happened to the Islanders, my f- I wish it would have happened during the Scott, Scott Gordon or Steve Sterling era. <laughs> That's 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 what I was thinking because I know people were like, oh, I wonder what they would said about Capuano. Wait, but I think we probably had a good idea. But I think I, I don't even know if anybody knew who Steve Sterling was. So right, you know, who's this old man that keeps coming in and blowing his whistle? Oh wait, that's the coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't been attention to him for the last season and a half. I think uh, I think had that happened during the Capuano era, we would have gotten probably some sick impersonation. Of him, like I could see Kyle Oposo just coming in and just having like the funniest Capuano impersonation, yeah, and just like cracking everybody up and saying stupid stuff. But the thing is, like, it's fu- it would have been funny because I think Cappy would have like appreciated the joke. I think he would have been in on it and thought it was the Absolutely. funniest thing ever. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would have been a lot less malicious if it was Cap during Capuano. I think the, right. they would they would really uh, 
kind of just be like ragging on him. We're laughing with you kind of thing, not at yeah. you, Jack. I was uh, I was talking with a friend of mine at work, my friend Paul, who's an Islanders fan too, and and uh, I was saying, you know, that the I was we were just, he was like, what the heck with the Senators thing? And we were just talking about. It. I'm like, you know, the thing is like. You know, the Senators have had a rough go of it, and they're they're kind of like the Islanders of Canada. Like they they do this a lot of the same problems that the Islanders have, the Senators have. But you know, because it's the Senators and because it's a Canadian team, it's all seen like this is so terrible. Oh, won't somebody help this poor team pull out of its funk and and establish <laughs> itself? Meanwhile, when it's the Islanders, it's like oh the hell with those guys, they suck. Yeah. You know, so it's funny that you know a lot of it's like well what what can they do legally? And and you know this is such a you know, but if you feel bad for the players, and meanwhile, if it was the Islanders, man, this would have been like, yeah, yeah. this this team, yeah, it's a circus. Let's we got to move yeah. it. Here, right. here are the three locations that can benefit the most from the Islanders' yeah. latest drama. This but, never would yeah. have happened if they played in Quebec, you know. Like, <laughs> so, but uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, definitely Google uh, Ottawa Senators and Uber, and it'll be very clear very quickly what is going on. <laughs> I, I I think uh, the my favorite like. Um, too, I'm too big for this, you know. I'll be the bigger person. Tweet was from uh, Elliot Friedman when he talked about the invasion of privacy is, you know, disgusting or whatever. And like, yeah. all, right, all right, man, like, let's watch Hockey Night in Canada this Saturday where you break this thing down in 31 mm. thoughts. So <laughs> it was already in 31 thoughts. So there you go. There you go. But yeah. Now I just I love how that they treat the senators with. Well, I mean, and not the fans, because the fans, I think, kind of get it. Even Senators fans. If you if you don't, if, I mean, if I was following, if I was still on Twitter, one of my favorite follows is Bonks Mullet, who's probably the, the funniest Sens fan on Twitter. But I think they kind of get their status. But, uh, you know, the media definitely treats the Senators with kid gloves, despite doing a lot of the same dumb things that the Islanders do. And actually, the Senators have had a rough go of it now for this last six months. So this is just, I mean, when you really look back at it, it's kind of silly. But at the same time, it's also hilarious. Um, but let's uh, <laughs> that's enough about the Senators. Let's talk about the Islanders, who have had uh, an interesting go of it the last week or so, too. So uh, exactly seven days ago, you and I sat here and we talked about uh, a game they had just – actually, the Islanders had just finished a stretch where they won three games in a row, all on the road in Philadelphia, in Carolina, and then in Pittsburgh. And uh, they were about to play Pittsburgh again in Brooklyn uh, a night later. And uh, I don't, I didn't go back and listen to it. I can't imagine either of us were too – uh, confident about the outcome, feeling that yeah, the Islanders didn't play poorly in Pittsburgh, but they definitely played poorly in the first period, straightened themselves out and came away with a, with a 6-3 victory that was very satisfying. And we thought, well, that probably won't happen twice. Well, it shows you how much we know, because I think they played one of their better games of the season uh, in that game in, against the Penguins in Brooklyn. They ended up kind of winning in, uh, in a shootout, but I don't think that was indicative of how well the Islanders played in that game. Uh, I mean, did, did you think that they played pretty well, or am I just like, Kind of remembering, yeah. No, I, I, (laughs) I actually, I've, I've thought about that. That game caused me to like. I walked, went out and walked Jimmy the dog for like an hour and was just smiling the whole time. It was like sometimes when you walk the dog, it's a chore. Sometimes like you're in such a good mood that you just want to go out forever. And I was just thinking about that game and 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 that game. It made me so happy more than anything just to get to get that win. Uh, They thought they, yeah, they played well, but they also beat a better team two, twice in a row playing a the, the style that they're going to be kind of playing so it's worked twice it worked twice in a row and thomas grice's poke check was like <laughs> good guy like that was yeah. poetry that's a poster moment right there that will live in infamy uh in in overtime against Sidney crosby on a breakaway I, I, just the timing of that 
is astonishing to me. Just like thinking about how he managed to pull that off, just to get it timed right. I mean, if he tried that probably 10 more times, I think nine times out of that 10, Crosby would just pull the puck away and yep. score yep. into an empty net, essentially. But that one time, it worked, and it was it was awesome. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was, if, if, if that didn't go well, the, everybody would be tweeting, well, you should probably never do that against Sidney Crosby, you know? Like, <laughs> I'd right. keep I'd I'd keep that sword in its sheath there, Thomas. But instead, uh, yeah. yeah, it was that was that was honestly like the Dublowitz poke check uh, against the Devils was great, and he had a couple poke checks like in that run that were awesome. But they were much more telegraphed, I would say. That thing came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, no. I think I I, I like. <gasps> <laughs> Nobody expected that, and actually, that reminds me. I, I meant to go back and listen to the. Uh, like the Pittsburgh feed of that, if I can somewhere, just like find it, find out how to get the, uh, the call that cause Brendan Burke's call was great, but obviously he was calling it for the Islanders. I want to hear how the, uh, the root sports guys called that, but, uh, oh, yeah, but they yeah. probably would have said it was a disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a penalty or something like that. Um, but yeah, so the Islanders, you know, again, they, they wanted a shootout, but, uh, I think most people would, would agree that they played really, really well. Uh, so that ran the streak to four games, uh, four straight wins. And then they played again on Saturday against the devils, I uh, got to confess, I didn't actually watch the game until the next day. I kind of watched a condensed version. I was at a Halloween party that night. My wife and I were Star Lord and Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. So people people liked it. She was she was painted in green. I was not. So uh, I actually made out. I just had <laughs> guns on my hips that kept falling down. The magnets that wouldn't held, hold. But uh, they played the New Jersey Devils on alumni night. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, and uh, won by shutout. Um the Devils, once again, you know, it's kind of a pattern. Uh, our friend Kerry Haber wrote a whole thing about this, uh, Lighthouse Hockey, this week about how the Islanders really aren't very good in first periods, and that, that Devils game was no exception. They they weren't that great in the first period. But afterwards, they, they didn't really give the Devils much, especially on five-on-five, five, and there weren't a whole lot of dangerous chances. And uh, Thomas Grice was great, uh, spelling Robin Leonard, who had kind of gotten hurt a little bit in that uh, first Penguins game in Pittsburgh, and uh, came away with a 3 nothing victory on alumni night, and... You couldn't really ask for anything more at that point. Five straight wins, <laughs> top of the. They were first place in the division, and uh, everything was really looking up. Uh, did you watch the game? What did you think of that one? Yeah, that was the one I've probably seen uh, the least of, actually. Um, and I'm kind of pissed because uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was alumni night, and I thought last year the Islanders made such a a big deal about bringing these guys in, and like you know everybody is you know who ever wore the jerseys coming can come back like doesn't matter like peter mika came again uh <laughs> like he, he was there again they, yeah. they need to make him like the, the like the official ambassador of alumni night or something <laughs> I, I i watched i watched like the islanders put a little video up and, and i got a couple snapshots one of uh bruno gervais and one of uh radic martinek in the back of like a double decker uh yeah sightseeing truck uh bus and he's got a poncho on and <laughs> yeah bob yeah. nystrom too had a poncho on um yeah no i i agree with you i think they did they made a less of a big deal about it this year than last year uh i feel a little bad because i feel like the the guys who i recognize by by face has gotten less and less but then it turns out that a lot of guys were there who are like peter meeker peter mika types like they just hadn't they didn't really have great long careers with the Islanders. And one guy, oh man, if I can remember his name, I, the, the Islanders actually wrote a whole story about him on their website. He was like, he had only ever suited up as a backup goalie and he had never played for them. Oh my God. And uh, he wanted to, they extended the invitation and he wanted to come and 
there he was. And I was like, uh, okay. But uh, Pierre Turgeon was there and Mick Vakoda. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, a couple. Oh, and Chico Resch was there. And I got to tell you, Chico was, Chico, looking, yeah. Chico was looking very svelte these days. And uh, I, I, I don't know if he's on like a, a health regimen or he's, you know, kind of taking care of himself. But I, I guess that now that he's not doing Devil's Games anymore, he's kind of laying off those premio Italian sausages and uh, he's kind of getting back <laughs> into shape. I was I looked, I'm like, wow, Chico looks really good. Uh, so good for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, Brian, I think I saw Brian Burrard. Brian Burrard. Oh, yeah. Martinek was definitely there. And I was like, oh, boy, I hope that doesn't mean he's going to sign a contract. But uh, <laughs> that was but uh, yeah, you know, I, and somebody else mentioned, too, that they uh, they kind of gave the alumni some crappy seats at Barclays for that game. They didn't have him in a in a, uh, a suite, or at least I don't know, for at least for a little while. Yeah, no, I saw there. I saw that, that I was like, I hope they're not obstructed view seats, too, like yeah. that they were in that like weird corner area. Right. Uh, which, you know, could, kind of puts them in full view of the whole place, which is nice. But at the same time, like these guys, your your VIPs, they probably should sit in a box. But again, as we've said before, we're not going to go into it again. I don't think it's going to be a problem coming up for next year and probably the year after and stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, they, oh, they and Ke- we got to say Kenny Johnson too. Oh yeah. Kenny Johnson was there. Yeah. That was, to see him that was, too. that was the one that was seeing Janssen, uh, and Yashin, and especially because Yashin was wearing his his uh, turtleneck, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a few people pointed that out. Yeah, good on Yashin for wearing the turtleneck, and yeah, it's definitely good to see Kenny uh, looking healthy and and uh, taking part in that kind of stuff. Because uh, yeah, he had some he had some real health problems for a while there, and uh, it's good to see him back up and around and hanging out in Brooklyn. And again, uh, you know, I, I think next year. And then, obviously, moving into Belmont, you'll start seeing them get even bigger and bigger. And uh, I think this is kind of like John Ledecky's baby now a little bit. You know, I mean, Lou handles, I guess, the hockey stuff now. And this is probably John Ledecky's big thing. And uh, he, he really, you know, they do a good job. And they take him on a tour of the city. And it's pretty cool. It's weird seeing Bobby Nystrom in a poncho. Because you would think that the rain would be afraid of Bobby Nystrom. But uh, I guess he needs a poncho yeah. just like everybody else. But, uh, yeah, so, th- so I mean, that night, man, couldn't have gone better. Like, shutout, first place, alumni's in the house. Everything's great. And then Monday. And I said it last week, and I will say it until the end of time. I hate playing the Montreal Canadiens. That team – the Leafs have an incredibly irritating media and fan base. But, like, I feel like it's irritating because there's, like, a sense of – like an inferiority complex from people in Toronto. Like they kind of, they want to be like a big time sports city like we have here in America, but they're just never going to be viewed that way. Uh, and so it's kind of this one dynamic, but with Montreal, man, it's just, I call it delusional condescension. Like these, I just, I, it's just me. I know it's me. It's like a psychological problem, but like, I just, they're <laughs> making fun of the attendance. They're talking about, you know, this, that, and it's just like, guys, Really, like, we got to go through this every single time. And, you know, credit to the Habs. They played a hell of a game. They pretty much ran the Islanders out of their own building. The Islanders didn't have it. They lost in a shootout uh, and should not have had any points, let alone uh, the one that they took. The Islanders had a 3-1 lead, blew it. You knew they were going to blow it. They hadn't had their legs all night. And Barry Trotz, the best part of the game was when Barry Trotz comes into the postgame press conference and says, we were awful. That was our worst game of the season. And yep. we need to be better. And he didn't even take any questions. Just that we were awful. So uh, that was that. I mean, what did you think of that? It was that was a pretty hard game to watch. I did not enjoy. I almost turned it off actually after the second period. Yeah, I was like, I don't it was. Watch this anymore. It was a it, the shootout was kind of the right way for that to end. Not, the Islanders didn't deserve a point, but just because the Islanders 
would have should have shot a hundred shots in the shootout, they still wouldn't have scored yeah. because they did they did deserve the second point. No. So uh, yeah, I mean, and and we we talked talked about it a little bit last week. Like these games are going to happen, and like you said, hearing that come out of Barry Trotz's mouth instead of saying, uh, you know, we you know we did we had a couple passengers or whatever was was <laughs> was, was yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, that's the silver lining I got there, and obviously the Islanders weren't going to win. 70 games in a row so uh i, I mean they got a point in a game they should yeah, have so yeah. that's a mark of a of a good sign of a good thing to come i guess i would think so yeah Th- thomas grice by the way was the only islander who actually earned his money in that game he, he was really really good uh and i guess casey zikas had two goals which is always cool to see but uh yeah that was a bad game and, and i thought about that too like the whole sort of difference between trots and capuano slash wade and yeah there were no there's no like passengers there's no battle level that kind of thing uh, they just he just came out and said they were awful, and I think I mean you know you'd have to ask Barry Trotz this, but I wonder if that was sort of like a kind of you know we play as a team and we win as a team and lose as a team mentality. Like he could have said, yeah, Thomas Grice was good, and you know this guy was pretty good, and this guy's okay, but he just he didn't do that. He just came out and said we stunk, and that is you never would have heard a previous coach of the Islanders say that, uh, and just you know we we were like remember that when the. Uh, the Brock Nelson pick your shit up conversation happened. It was like, yeah. whoa, Cappy said yeah. what? <laughs> he never calls these guys out. And here's Trotz and like his, you know, whatever 10th or 11th game as an Islanders coach saying, these guys are terrible and we need to be better about it. And then he gave them the next day off. They flew down and they've been practicing today. Jordan Everly missed practice with the maintenance day. He should be okay to go uh, on Thursday when you're probably listening to the day you're probably listening to this uh, when they have a game in Tampa. Uh, so we'll have to see how that works out. Matt Martin is still hurt. Um, and so that that game, the other thing about that game, yeah, like you said, I mean, they, they got a point. They weren't going to win them all. They had just won five in a row, so good for them. Um, but, you know, the worst part about that game is that now they got to go down and play in Tampa, who's arguably the best team in the league right now. And, you know, if Pittsburgh was a challenge and, uh, you know, the Hurricanes were a challenge and even the Devils were a bit of a challenge, this Tampa team represents a, a challenge even steeper than any of those challenges. So... Not a great way you want to go into. You don't want to go into one of those games having lost. But then again, the last time they lost uh, was against the Panthers, and they kind of reeled off five straight wins after that. So I don't know. Right. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a, it's funny. Last year, um, the Islanders played the Lightning earlier in the year, like in November ish, and it was they were kind of coming off a similar stretch. They might not have been on like a, a winning streak like they were, but they were playing well, and then they beat Tampa, and it was kind of like, whoa, maybe this team can actually you know, do something. And then it all went to hell. But, uh, I, 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 I'm looking forward to these games against, I'm not too scared. I think that was like the big thing I took away from that second penguins win was like, I'm not that scared. Not, I'm not that I'm not scared of Tampa, but I'm not that scared of these games. Cause I think that the, the Islanders under trots are going to be in it against everybody. Uh, or at least have a, a, a puncher's chance against these teams. Like, so I'm I'm not t- terrified of, of going there. Do I think they're gonna win? No, they're pretty heavy underdogs in the betting market too. So it's just like it's not you know the Islanders have bet are being given like a 36 percent chance, 35 percent chance of winning. So I would agree with that, but that also means that they can do it. And uh, I, I'm not. It's just I I'm I'm more looking I'm more fear looking forward to this than I'm fear of I don't want to watch, which is definitely where I was for for. Or I usually am as an Islander fan for most of my life. Yeah, um, I, you know, I I think that Trots will have them prepared, and I think that they're 
you know, not having their legs for the, the Habs game will serve as a lesson to them that they can't, you know, they have, and you know, one question, somebody, I forget the exact wording of the question, but, you know, after a couple of times, Trotz was like, we, we weren't good. We were awful. We didn't have our legs and we never got back. Somebody posed some kind of question like, well, like, what did you do to get help them get their legs back? And he was like, you know, we talked to them after each period about, you know, we can still win this and, you know, we have a gift here. We, they had that lead and then it was, they had another lead, um, but it just didn't register. So there's something that that's going to have to come from them. And, you know, I get back to something we said a few weeks ago about when, when Trotz talks about accountability, what he, I, he means is that it sounds like what he means is that the players being accountable to themselves and, and picking each other up and kind of getting on each other in, in situations like that where, you know, it's not about the coaches. The coaches can yell and scream. And I mean, Doug Waite, even when he was an assistant coach, like that was his job was to peel paint off the walls in the locker room after, you know, they would lay an egg after their first period or something like that. So the coaches can do that, but ultimately the players have to be the ones to go out and play. And I, I guess you know, what he's saying is that nobody really kind of stepped up and did that. Uh, and maybe we'll see that again. So, you know, it's definitely going to be a, their biggest test of the season for sure. Uh, I still have flashbacks to those terrible games against Tampa that they played a couple of years ago where they just got, not last season, but the season before, where they just got absolutely demolished in embarrassing fashion <laughs> and just reminded about the difference between these two teams, even though they had just played in the playoffs the year before. Uh, so I, I really hope that doesn't happen again, and I don't think it will. Um, but this is going to be a tough one. And then two nights later, they got a, they play in, in Florida against the Panthers, and it's funny because that game I expect the Islanders to play very well in, considering how they poorly they played against the Panthers in Brooklyn. I really expect them to play well in that game, and, and if they don't, I'll be pretty disappointed. But, again, I think Trotz has kind of drilled into them that like, you can't take any night off. You have to play our structure with the full energy every game or else you're going to lose, basically. Yeah, and I, I think for him, too, it might be a little bit of an adjustment coming from a team like Washington who, yeah, they could – frankly take a night off they might not win but they had the talent to take a night off and then make up for it the next game by just Im imposing their talent on whatever poor team came into the building right. and and i think that that message too like yeah uh you guys won four or five five in a row and you took a night off but uh come november and december we're gonna go through a rut because you guys aren't very good <laughs> I, I don't know if, you know i don't know if you've been reading that but about that but yeah it's true you're a lot of you guys aren't great hockey players, so uh, I think I think it, it'll be a little bit of an adjustment for him too. And, and but I think he's he's definitely prepared for that. Um, and I also want to say just before I forget that, dude, Josh Bailey's been so good this season. Yeah, uh, and, and and that's like another takeaway I think from the the games, the stretch of games that we just saw. Yeah, it's um, there's something when he retires, and I'm you know. In a, in a number of years. I mean, it could be another 10 years because the guy, he's still only like 28 years old, right? So I mean, he's still got a long time to keep on playing. But I, I'm just really fascinated about what, what's kind of gone on because this is a different player than we're used to seeing. Like this is a guy who's assertive. He's confident in his ability and he's out there to make stuff happen. And I can't say that that's always been the case with Josh Bailey. I've never been myself like a, a Bailey nope. hater. But I just he's you know he's always sort of been like yeah okay he's all right and you know I mean on a I've always thought you know on a on a championship team he'd be a perfectly fine third line player well you know the Islanders never got that team and he was never a third line player because they they always had him playing on the top 
couple lines, but it took a long time for him to get to this point where he's just, again, he's just a, an everyday contributor. And that is almost astonishing yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and I always say to people when we talk Josh Bailey, which is all the time, if you know my life, <laughs> uh, it, I remember the game that I think, you know, I just saw him click on for the first time. It was uh, that lockout shortened year. Him and Oposa were kind of struggling. And then the same game against the Leafs, they both had pretty good games. It was at home at the Coliseum. And I just watched those two guys won the game for the Islanders. And I'm not saying that that's like, you know, been the the moment where he took off. But since that kind of time, he's just gotten better and better and better. And to the point that this this season, like, you're saying he's assertive and I think that's probably the thing that I've, I haven't like what's so different about him it's imp- so impressive but so different and I think assertive is the right word like he is I'd be really afraid to be playing against him <laughs> I uh, might I might you might not even know who he is you might just be like yeah this guy's been on the Islanders for a while right. I don't really think that, there's nothing too too like dynamic about his game but he is like his the way he's shooting too I mean mm. He's just like unleashing these howitzers from right. once a game. I'm like, all right, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, I mean, he's the, he on the power play. He's the shooter. Like, go figure. How is that even possible? Like, how how do yeah. how do we even get to this point? And clearly, the first power play is set up so that he's shooting. Uh, you know, from getting passes from Barzell and, and shooting them, and it's just that that's not a player that we expected to see anytime. And the funny thing is now you got me thinking. Like, if this continues, and I mean, hopefully it does. But I mean, last year. Him making the All Star team was kind of was cool, you know. I'm not gonna be wrong. As an Islanders fan, it's cool to see they had, they had two All Stars last year, and like it was like, hey, good for him. Like, but you thought it was an anomaly, like it wasn't something that you know you, you took like, yeah, this is the start of something. Like, he's gonna make he could potentially make two All Star teams back to back. Like that's crazy. And then at yep. that point, it stops being a novelty, and it becomes sort of like, yeah, this guy's an All Star, and it's just. <laughs> After you adjust your brain, Josh Bailey <laughs> yeah. All Star, Josh Bailey two time All Star. Like, how is that possible? But I mean, good for him. And you know what part of the problem is too. And Arthur Staple alluded to this in a in a recent article. I can't remember which one it was, but he would he'll never credit himself. He always credits other people. Josh Bailey, and that's the thing. He's so quiet. Yep. He's never on social media. He's never like interviewed anywhere. And so part of it is just like you know he never speaks. So. Why would we ever think about him? But here he is. Yeah, he's he's been the he's been arguably the best non goalie player they've had. It's either him or Lee, basically. Yeah, I think him and then Nelson in in gets a bronze medal, bronze medal, which mm. is kind of really screwing everything up. But uh, <laughs> in, my, in my in my noggin. But the uh, yeah, I mean, I I I couldn't. He was part of the reason I was, smi- I was smiling so much that that uh, after that yeah. second win over the Penguins, like the dude is just playing so well uh and and like you said he's got he, he's got like this quiet like you could tell you could tell he knows uh like what he means to the to the kind of the franchise now like he is the last remaining player from that court basically <laughs> yeah and and he's like he's gonna he's like our last hope at the uh, at a one jersey guy for this for this gener- generation <laughs> and and I really hope he is like if Josh Bailey ends up being the guy who who has the 18 year only with the Islanders career, like what? God, yeah. you, you really you really just have no idea in this sport, which is great. See, now God love it, him. This is gonna now this is gonna be a whole thing because you know most of the one the one Jersey guys are like 
you know, superstars, Stanley Cup winners, that kind of thing. Then you get guys like who, like Shane Doan, who is like the face of the franchise out in the hours in for the Coyotes, and you know, I mean, he went to a bunch of All Star games too. I don't know if Bailey necessarily is is like that uh, because he was never the face of the franchise, never like this is our guy we're going to build around, and then build around him. So I don't know. Like, I, there's got to be examples of people that are like, you know. I don't want to say the word plugger because that's not exactly accurate either, but guys who were just there a long time and with one team, you know, like a, I don't know, is Darren Helm count? Like I'm thinking of a lot of Red Wings, like Darren McCarty. Was he one of those guys? Did he ever play for another team? I don't think he did. Yeah, he, he played for the for the Flames. Oh, he did? Oh, right, yeah. Well, there he goes but, that. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, I think Bailey's maybe like a little bit better than those guys, but the, yeah. the point is like completely under, under the radar right. kind of not they they they're more likely to score 10 goals a season consistently than they were to 40 right yeah but but yet he just stayed with the same team for his entire career like that would be completely the, yeah the, I, he would yeah. he would be the the biggest anomaly one jersey guy <laughs> ever of guys yeah. who played like 15 plus if he got there right and you know like modern era guys because i'm sure that you know there's a ton of guys like that from the original 60 era that we don't know stan fischler would know them and he'd be like oh yeah this guy Whatever, whatever. Like he played for the Red Wings for twenty years. Be like, who? Well, yeah, it's because it was like nineteen thirty-two to nineteen fifty-two. Like that would be crazy. But anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah, he's definitely been been a key part of the of the resurgence and 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 the goalies have obviously as well. Yeah. Um, Can't say enough about those two. No, the, uh, Leonard apparently is going to start in Tampa, uh, which makes sense. He's had a couple of games to to rest. Whatever ailed him after that Penguins game. So I'm looking for. Actually, I'm looking forward to that, and I I have a lot of faith in in him, and he'll be good. A um, couple of guys struggling though. Nick Letty. Uh, I mean, I don't know what what the story is there. Uh, Matt Barzell, five on five, is um, kind of struggling a little bit, which is funny considering that he's got like you know whatever fifteen assists in twelve games or something like that. Um, Trotz wants him to go more north south instead of east west. Okay, like let's get that happening. But he's going to have to, I think, break some habits that really worked for him last year. And yeah. It's concerning for sure. I, you know, I think he'll straighten it out. I think he's smart enough to straighten it out, and I think Trotz will get it straightened out. But you know, right now, if you're looking for re- areas that concern, that that is definitely it. Um, and hopefully, they can fix that. <laughs> Tomorrow night would be a great. Uh, Thursday night would be a great time to fix it. But uh, they're definitely going to have to to get him straightened out, and and Letty too, because yeah, you can definitely see with Barzal that um, people kind of know what's coming a little yeah, bit. He's maybe sure. a little predictable, but that is a very fixable thing. So. Once once he figures out that they've figured out what he's gonna do, it and he adds like a little bit more of like the unpredictability, like McDavid's got it for sure. Like you you just don't know what like his his maneuver is gonna be every shift, McDavid, I would say. So once 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 Barzal figures out that he he needs to, to kind of change up his his arsenal every now and then, uh, he'll be fine. Letty, I'm genuinely concerned about because I thought he had a he had a good game against the maybe who's it the, I was I think the penguins was the second game against the penguins and then he yeah he was bad against the canadians like yeah and everybody was but he's when he's bad it's really noticeable and he just looks kind of lost out there uh one thing you I I agree with you what you're saying about Barzell and I I wonder if like the what might fix him and of course I'm not a hockey coach so I don't know but I wonder if being more predictable would actually help him in this situation like as in not do the dipsy doodles and stuff and just like again play the way trots wants you to play north south 
first of all, shoot the puck more, which he, everybody says he's got to do, and he definitely does. But like, I wonder if if that almost like kind of like a play action pass a little bit, like you you establish this run, and then all of a sudden you start bombing the ball all over the place. Uh, I wonder if that would work too. Whereas like, if he established himself as kind of a, just a straight ahead player for a few games, and people would kind of back off a little bit, and then he could go around and do his things again that he did last year. I don't know if that yep. would work, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I think he's definitely got to change stuff up. And uh, you know, he, he's, he, I hate this. I hate the word struggling because it implies that he's not doing stuff out there. He is. He's just also turning the puck over and not creating offense and cycling the puck the way he kind of needs to. And unfortunately that's also harming Anthony Beauvillier, who is another guy who's <laughs> hasn't really been, uh, you know, uh, kind of, on track this season so he was he was also he started he not that he started slow last year but it took it did take him a little while to like catch fire then when yeah. he did it, it was well, like sent him down to the minors <laughs> yes right yeah so so once once he uh like i think maybe that's the other thing too is maybe you know some of these guys just have a habit of doing that out of the gates yeah yeah and i mean and we have to remember too that this is a brand new coaching staff it's only like this is their 12th game in charge. So I think that there's a lot of leeway there that That's we can kind of give true. them and, and have them figure it out. And you know, a slump is going to happen. Like, I, and we, we've been talking a lot about how they're, they're sort of outplaying their bad metrics and, and a, a crash is going to happen. I don't know if it'll necessarily be a, a crash, a total crash of epic proportions. I hope it obviously isn't, but I mean, slumps happen all the time. When we talked the last time that the flyers were, you know, just completely falling apart, their coach, was you know demand, people were demanding his coach the coach be fired and everything and since then I think they've won like four or five in a row the Rangers have won four and five in a row the Penguins have lost a couple in a row uh, you know including games to the Islanders so you know things happen and, and like at some point they are going to go through a slump and they're going to have to figure out how to get out of it and it's just like you want player you know when you look at a player like Matt Barzell who's maybe not playing as well as you you hoped he would or thought he would you would think that you know. He, him straightening out would curtail or at least shorten those slumps. And I'm actually kind of looking forward. Not, I'm not looking forward to them going into a slump, but I am looking forward to seeing what happens when they do, because I think one big thing that Trotz will have over the other coaches who he replaced is he's not going to let them linger. Like, I don't think we're going to see a, a, a November where they go winless again, or like a seven game losing streak, which seemed to happen every single season. Uh, I think he's more conscious of the fact that they got to fix those things right away. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see how that happens. Again, I don't hope it doesn't, but I'm kind of interested to see how that how that goes with uh, with those guys, and hopefully he can straighten them out. Um, so let's let's talk about some uh, some other young Islanders. The Sound Tigers um, won a game this afternoon, 10:30 a.m. game. Michael Fornabio loves those games, as he said on <laughs> on Twitter. Um, Michael Tacol, they they beat up on was it Binghamton? I think they won like seven to two or seven to three. Um, Michael Dacol had another goal. He's got seven this year. Kiefer Bellows had another goal. He's got a couple in his last couple of games. And Josh Hosang, if I m- remember correctly, is now tied for the league in the AHL in assists. I think that might be correct. Um, Jesus. Yeah, but uh, and he's he's responded after that article we talked about last time. Uh, he basically came out and said he's he's elevated his play as an apology to the organization. He felt his words were misrepresented and and didn't you know, fully accurately represent what he thinks and he's turned it on. And you know what, if that's what it takes, Hey man, that's what it takes. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks Brett. Sir Gallus. Yeah. <laughs> you may have just uh, saved uh, Josh Hosang's Islanders career, but you know, he's got to keep it up and, and he's got to keep up the play and, and keep, you know, producing like that. And uh, so far, I mean, things have been pretty good. I, 
it's hard to get a read on the Sound Tigers um, because we're here and we, we don't, you know, we follow them kind of from afar. Uh, Noel, uh, our colleague at Lighthouse Hockey, our friend, he put up a uh, an interview with Michael Dalcol today, just prior to that game, that was really insightful and, and talked about kind of what he's looked at and how he kind of bulked up this summer. And uh, you know, he didn't want to use the phrase "last chance," obviously, but he definitely had a long time to think about what happened last year and, and where he was as a player and put in a lot of work this summer and so far so good. It's paid off really well. And, you know, if he can, if he can become an asset for this team, uh, it's unfortunate that he's not like the fastest skater out there. Cause they could really use somebody like that. But um, you know, he could definitely be an asset for this team going forward. And, and that would be another helpful thing. And maybe uh, get another young player in here to, to, augment you know the other the, the barzell and bovillier and the guys like that because they they can really use all the scoring punch they can and guys that can cycle and move the puck uh are you know you can't you can't have enough of those guys and i don't know where he would play right now but as long as he's doing it in the ahl keep doing it you know don't stop yeah. so. he, he him panning out like if he's even remotely contributing to this team would be really more surprising than anything i think <laughs> then 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 you know the start to the season it's just they, they, we all, everybody gave up with him. Not just me, you, and Islander fans, and probably the organization, but like prospect writers. Like, nope, they were all like, "Yeah, we, we he's nothing at this point." You know, yeah. it's it's basically a cut bait season <laughs> contract. With that. Yeah. So it's a good story. It's it's cool. no, it is. Well, Noel, like right off the bat in his story, was like, you know, thanks to Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom, like we all kind of forgot about Michael Dalcole, but. Uh, but here he is, and again, you know, Arthur Staple had a uh, a Q and A on the Athletic today, and uh, you know, he he brought up a good point. Like, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, when are the, when is he coming up? When can they call him up?" And he's like, "You know what? I think they'd rather have him in the AHL, sort of dominating, and and continue continuing to play down there like this. And you know, once it gets to the point where it's half a season's gone by and he's continued to play like this the entire time, then we could talk about maybe calling him up. But uh, you know, for right now, everything just just let him do his thing and and keep doing it. Same with with Hosang, I guess. Just let them do their thing and and do it for a long time and do it to the point where they you force them to to give you a look and maybe call you up. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the uh, Worcester Railers unfortunately have lost five games in a row, so that's bad. <laughs> they really should try and fix that. Um, speaking of Islanders farmhands, uh, I when it, when this broke, the first person I wanted to talk to was you because I feel like. You have a unique insight <laughs> into something like this happening uh, that a lot of us won't. But on uh, Tuesday, the Blackhawks fired Joel Quenville, winner of three Stanley Cups, winning as coach in their their history, uh, second winning as coach in NHL history. Uh, you know, I don't think it was surprising, but I don't think it was it was shocking because I mean these kinds of things happen, and the Blackhawks weren't that good this year, and they haven't been good the last couple of years really. And so you kind of figured the time was going to come. But what's shocking was they replaced him with a name that I hadn't heard in years and had to read the tweet three times to understand what was actually happening. Jeremy Colleton, who is like a was a sound tiger for 10 years, all whatever, like 30 or 40 of his NHL games. I think he, I think he played 54 NHL games, all with the Islanders, three goals, three assists. And I could have swore this guy was like still playing in the Czech League or something. I didn't think for a minute that he was here in this continent. But not only was he coaching the Black, he was coaching the Blackhawks AHL team, and now he's coaching the friggin' Chicago Blackhawks. That's just bizarre. <laughs> this guy who was in a guy an Islanders farmhand forever is now coaching the Blackhawks? What? It it 
like you said, seeing that tweet, it was I wanted to grab, you know, Pierre Lebrun or whoever. I wanted to shake his ankles and be like, you don't understand what this is doing to us. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, this is Jer- that he had he I'm. It's so hard to wrap as an Islander fan to wrap your head around that, that this yeah. is that he's first of all, he's 33, right. which, which <laughs> just lends itself to your point of he's, he's, you know, you think he'd still be playing somewhere. Yeah. Like the, when he, his, like, to me, his Islanderness was, he was part of that, like bad group of the, when the Islanders really needed to, to replenish their farm system. And you heard about it from, especially from snow and he was he was basically always the you know we do have Jeremy Colleton who's a promising young player <laughs> and like so they had yeah, they, and then also the craziest thing is so I see this tweet about that and then the tweet like directly under the thread is from Colleton which I st- stared at for a very long time to try to let it compute and then right above that was the Sound Tigers congratulating all-time leading scorer, right? Jeremy Colleton. Jeremy Colleton, how is he the all-time leading scorer for the Bridgeport <laughs> Sound Tigers? <laughs> he he this just is, a, is. Yeah. It's just this is all like. So I I have his uh, his hockey DB page up right now because because this is the one that has all the uh, the minor league teams on it and stuff. So uh, yeah, second round pick, fifty eighth overall in the two thousand and three draft by the Islanders. Uh, so that that predates Snow. But um, yeah, he had twenty-one goals, one in oh five oh six for the Sound Tigers, then ten, then nine, then eight, <laughs> then eighteen, then eleven. So uh, the Sound Tigers haven't been around that long, so I can kind of see why he's, yeah. he's their leading scorer. But uh, yeah, he had one goal for the Islanders in two thousand five, two thousand six, and then uh, he had to wait until 2010, 2011 to get two more. And those are his his three NHL goals. He did spend some time in Europe, um, but yeah, it's just. You know, names sometimes can pop up, and and you, again, you haven't heard of them in, in forever. And you know, Colleton to me is one of those guys who just—I never kind of thought that he was going to make it. He was just always his—he he was always a name on the Sound Tigers roster, and he would chip in a, a goal every once in a while. Guys like Rhett Rakshani, uh, who came yeah, around who, a little who, bit later. Rhett, Rhett Rakshani, who said that on Twitter that Jeremy Colleton was the smartest player he's ever played with. Yeah. Um, Which and, reminded me that I was still following Rhett Rakshani. <laughs> um, who was, there was another guy too who I can't remember now, who was sort of part of that group that was always. It was like, yes. yeah, Aaron Ness yeah. and uh, um, oh man, who was the other guy? The defenseman. I can't remember his name now. Jesse Uwensu was another one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, John Sim. Yeah, who's yeah John Sim, Blake Como, Jack Hillen. That was the guy. Jack Hillen. Yeah, I'm thinking of yeah. I loved it. I remember Jack Jack Hillen who who chose to sign with the Islanders in that like weird college player signing stage at the end of the right. season because the Islanders were like we'll let you play in our last two games of the season and yeah. then he did um, and then he got he always got peppered with shots Jack Hillen like in the face <laughs> oh that's right yeah wow yeah. I just, so I just randomly clicked on the 2008 2009 Bridgeport Sound Tigers roster head coach Jack Capuano they went 49 and no that's not right that that can't be right. Uh, that they, they couldn't have won forty nine games. They couldn't have won forty nine. Oh yeah, forty nine, twenty three, and eight. That one season, wow, yeah. that was that's a great season. And they played five, six goalies that year, including Jan Denis, Nathan Lawson, Peter Menino. These are all like blasts yeah. from the past. 
Oh, Michael Haley was on that team. Joel Recklitz, the wrecker, was on yes. that team. <laughs> is Mitch Fritz there? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I just saw him. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, Mitch Fritz. Jesus. Zero, zero yes. goals, two assists in 36 uh, games. 58 penalty I, minutes. I, I think I actually I can rem- I, I can't visualize the goal, but I'm pretty sure Colleton in his first season with the Islanders, like he they they weren't going to make the playoffs, so they had that. Uh, they had traded Sopel and Parrish, Par- Mark Parrish, which was like one of the first fire sales the Islanders had in a while because they had made the playoffs in the lockout. And I was really upset because I liked those guys. And uh, <laughs> they, they traded them for uh, Grebeshkov and Tambellini. Hmm. And I remember going to the game, like to games late in that season and being, you know, watching those two, Robert Nilsson and Bergenheim and just being like, yeah, yeah and then, and then another one, yeah. Yeah. And Colleton was like kind of the lunch paler, smart. He was like the Josh Bailey of that crew. Like, he was he was supposed to be Josh Bailey, like smart player with uh, not the most skill, but like with perfect two way center kind of guy. Right. Um, and, and then he wasn't good enough. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, but it's funny because you mentioned the, the Rakshani tweet. Uh, Justin Bourne has talked about this, too. Um, but, yeah, so so here while we're well, while to us, Jeremy Colleton is a guy who, you know, the Islanders drafted and then never really, you know, became an NHL player, he went to uh, Sweden and played for a team and then became that team's coach and led them to the, uh, the uh, to um, what's the opposite of relegation? <laughs> promotion? Pro- to, promotion, yes. To the next level. Um, sorry, folks, it's late. <laughs> so they, he helped that team uh, get promoted to the next level. That caught the attention of the Blackhawks. They brought him over to coach AHL uh, Rockford. And uh, they got the, his attention there too, and they, they played really well under him. And here he is now at the Chicago Blackhawks. So every player that's played with him talked about how smart he was. Uh, Bourne said that you know when he first met Colleton, he was so mature that he just assumed that he was older than than he than than Justin was. But no, lo and behold, Justin is older <laughs> than Jeremy Colleton is, and and he was like, "What? This guy's younger than me?" And he's he was a coach in the making even then, basically. Yeah, you guys uh, up, so. we just did it. We just didn't know it. We just yeah. didn't know it. Right. And I, I another, th- I always, this is this is gonna sound strange too. I always, no matter if you had told me, without if you had brought up Jeremy Colleton to me, you know, six months ago, I would say, oh, Blackie Alberta native <laughs> Jack, Jeremy Colleton, because I for some reason like, and I remember Wyatt Smith who was on those Islanders team was. He was <laughs> He was from he was from Thief River Falls, Minnesota, and like these just these like re- really random sounding, yeah. funny sounding places. Like Blackie, Alberta, sounds like the most Canadian yeah. Western Canadian town. So oh, I just always remembered Bobby Clark, Flin Flon, Alberta, Flin Flon, Manitoba, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> How do you forget a name like Flin Flon? Well, I mean, Clark Gillies from Moose Jaw, and, and Chico Reich, both from Moose Jaw. So I mean, yeah, those great kind of old timey Canadian names. Blackie, Alberta. That's awesome. Blackie, Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, congratulations to Jeremy Colleton and, and and to us and to us and, and to, to the us Islanders. for enjoying this and to the Islanders. And here is the thing that's really going to blow your mind. Are you ready for this? You see, I don't know if a lot of people realize this. So, yes, Jeremy Colleton, blast from the Islanders' past, is now the Blackhawks' coach. The guy who is now taking hit over his old job with Rockford is none other than Derek King, another Islanders' blast from the blast from the past. <laughs> A guy we all remember very well. Obviously, Derek King was a pretty good player in yeah. his day. But I was like, wait, what is happening right now? Why Why are the Blackhawks entrusting their future to two guys from the Islanders? Like, it's just we're, really we're weird. We're a co- coaching factory. Yeah, I guess so. Who knew? Um, 
Apparently, uh, King was in line to maybe take over head coach of the Ice Hogs last season uh, or two seasons ago when he was passed over. They brought Colleton over, and he was like, well, kind of disappointed. But then he worked with the guy and was like, I love working with this guy. So uh, there was a good article with him on The Athletic uh, today, too. So I just, I'm just i just stunned by this. I mean, who, who's next? Is uh... Well, I, I know exactly who's next because I, re- I remember hearing his name a little bit and being like, oh, I remember him, too. And he's from that era, too. It's Joel Bouchard. Was co- he's, oh, he's coaching um, he's, the Habs team right some, now. Yep, yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But see, now it's funny. Now he's called, I think he goes by Joel Bouchard now. Uh, uh, I think that the media call him that because, you know, again, he's not an Islander. So he's not he's not Joel anymore. He's Joel. But, yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's coaching, I think, the, the Habs uh, AHL team right now. So, yeah, there you go. So, wow. Who knew? Islanders coaching factory. There you go. Crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's definitely the weirdest thing to have happened, and good for them, you know. I mean, good for the Islanders that the weirdest thing that happened to them wasn't something completely disastrous. Man. But yeah, that I, is just—it's still so strange. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, last note on on former Islanders because uh, this has kind of been sitting in my in my craw for a couple of days. So Pierre LeBrun wrote an article about uh, this week for the Athletic about uh, Max Pacioretty and Eric Carlson and John Tavares eventually returning to their old places. Now, Tavares' first game on Long Island isn't until February, but Pacioretty plays in Montreal on Saturday, I believe, and Carlson's first game with as the San Jose Shark in Ottawa is coming up soon, too. And, um, you know, he talked about what the receptions would be like and talked to those three guys. I don't really know what he said about Pacioretty and Carlson. Those guys got traded, so, I mean, there'll be a lot of cheers for them. Carlson, I mean, if Carlson comes back and he isn't, cheered considering what the senators have been going through I, I that's very strange i can't imagine he wouldn't be but then they got to the Tavares part and i don't want to say that Tavares is kind of out to lunch <laughs> or that uh, uh lebron was kind of hedging his bets and waffling a little bit but that's exactly what i'm going to say because i don't know what these guys are thinking Tavares was like well i'm hoping that the the uh reception is positive and everybody remembers the nine years i spent there and uh, how hard I worked. And LeBron is like, well, you know, we'll have to see how the reception is. Maybe it depends on where the Islanders are in the standings relative to the Leafs. Guys, it's very simple. John is going to get booed a lot. Like, we don't need to overthink yeah. this. We don't need to kind of get into, oh, maybe it'll be this. Maybe Whether the Islanders are in first place or in last place, and the Leafs are in first place or in last place, or anywhere in the middle, it doesn't matter. That guy is going to be literally pilloried and burned in effigy from the minute his plane touches down in New York to the minute that plane leaves New York. If he gets in a cab with a guy who knows who he is, he's going to get harassed. He's going to get harassed yep. walking to the stadium. He's going to get harassed if he walks his new teammates around his old neighborhood. What We don't have to overthink this. He's going to get booed a lot. So yep. just say it. it, it and it was so – it was like – I think we – like – We'll all agree that that the athletic kind of is very like any hockey media business model would be like they're very leaf skewed like they they have like yeah. eight leafs right eight leafs writers yeah so <laughs> but like that was like it, it almost read like a plant like right. and and it, it the way that it came out like a planted story hmm. that the fact that like Pierre LeBrun who's like like the third most connected writer in the world in the, in the hockey world ha, ha, like basically s- served this up like made it it was like it was like explain explain this to, to us in like the most g-rated version you can <laughs> and and like you said like the guy it, it's literally he's going like going to be burned in effigy 
And, and I'm not saying like there's going to be some stuff that goes on that you're going to be like, oh, that's you know kind of crossing the line. But it does that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's, yeah. it's it's got it's not, it's we're, you know it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the parking lot. Things are going to you know be be thrown at the bus, whatever. It's going to be an ugly scene. And to to like do put something out like this where it it kind of is like another instance of thinking we're a lot dumber than we are is just going to add fuel. All that does is add fuel to the fire. Yeah. No, like I, you, I, you don't I, think any Islander fan reading that wasn't like, all right, now I'm mad yeah. today. <laughs> the the comments to, to, to be fair, the comments were all like, this is stupid. He's going to get booed. <laughs> like, you know, one guy, the first comment that got all like the, the thumbs up was like, he's going to be booed. More than anybody, any player has ever been booed ever anywhere, you know, or something like that. And, and he's right. And and every yeah. comment below that was like, yeah, this is kind of this isn't a no brainer. He's going to get booed a lot. And I mean, it's I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, why are we even lumping these three guys in together? Because right. yeah. the situations are totally different. I mean, that's the, why I think it's kind of a planted story. Like, hey, look, guys, Pacioretty hmm. and Carlson are going to be revered. Yeah. Maybe like this, you guys are treating this guy unfair. Like, yeah. uh, wait, like, um, Patchy Reddy has the same, he has the same agent as Tavares, doesn't he? Isn't he a Pat Brisson? Oh, no, he I changed, so. I think he changed agencies at some point. Uh, and I don't know about Carlson, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, now that you say it, that makes it, that makes a lot of sense because, again, the situations are totally different. I mean, Carlson was traded because, that team was just coming apart at the seams and like, he's a free agent. They're not going to sign him. So they had to get rid of him. Uh, Patchy ready, I guess, you know, unfortunately was kind of the scapegoat to whatever the previous incarnations of the Habs were. And, and he was just carrying so much baggage that he also kind of ended up having to leave. And he immediately signed a contract with the, the golden Knights and seems totally happy. Although his, his play hasn't really been that great, but like Tavares left as a free agent. He left as a free agent. He signed with another team after two years of telling us how much he wanted to stay as an Islander. And he's, again, we've, we talked about it. Like he's been going through this whole, like, Oh, it was such a tough decision. And I agonized over it. And at the end of the day, I did the best. Yeah, for he, me. he made so, sure he got that point across again in the yeah. story. Oh, I love the, like, you know, I have a lot of uh, yeah. fans with, you know, I have a lot of love for the franchise and my friends and blah, blah, blah. And like nobody's buying it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody buys it. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear it. Like I, they want, I, think, I, I seriously think like, you know, they were writing this story and about Pacioretty and Carlson. And, and, and maybe it's just started out as Pacioretty. And then, you know, whoever is in charge of making sure that the Leafs are happy with the athletic was like, <laughs> why don't you throw Tavares in there? Like, so let's just get a quick temperature check on, on what it's like in the Islanders. Yeah. And it's like a scene in a movie when, when you like open a door and there's still like a fire burning inside. And this person <laughs> closes the door. He's like, oh, I can't leave that way. Yeah. That's kind of like what it was. It's like, all right, oh, let's yeah. just check in. You know, they're actually doing pretty well, too. So this can be our count as our. Right. Hey, like pat on the back for the Islanders for getting off to a hot start. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was too. He was like, "Don't think that John Tavares hasn't noticed how his old friends are are playing this year." And he was like, "Yeah, you know they got a lot of talent over there." And over, you know. dude, nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to. Hear it. They want to hear themselves booing this guy. Now that being said, there are a lot of Islanders fans out there that are like, "Hey, you know what? The guy had a chance to move on. He the team didn't do enough to keep him. He gave them nine years, and you know." whatever seven all-star teams or whatever it was. And he did his part and he didn't stay and that's okay. And Hey, good luck to you. And that's fine. But like, unless 13,000 of those people all end up at Nassau Coliseum on February 28th, that dude's going to get booed <laughs> a lot. 
And it's going to start early in the morning and it's going to continue on at night. And it doesn't matter what place they're in. It doesn't matter the score. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter. He's going to get booed. He's going to get chanted. He's going to get stuff. If you're a member of John's family, I'm so, so sorry about the things you're going to hear at that game because you're, I guarantee nobody's ever said that stuff about John Tavares before. He's going to get a bigger cheer at Madison Square Garden than he's going to get at Nassau Coliseum on that game. And this is going to go on for seven years. If you think yep. people are going to just get it out of their system, you know, two games this year, think again. This is going to go on for a long time. <laughs> uh, and that doesn't has nothing to do with how good they are. And it just, you know, I, I had this problem with LeBron when, when I was doing the encyclopedia. Like, don't dance around it, dude. Like, just, just tell us what it is. It, you, you, you can hedge your bets all you want, but at the end of the day, this is it is what it is. You know what it's going to be like, so just say yep. it. Yeah, and don't and don't think that you're not. He's not going to write story the that week, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh they're yeah. Probably, oh. They'll probably make like a mini documentary on the. Oh athletic, yeah. Like. Oh, I the return. Wait. Yeah. Oh, it'll be a whole. Th- oh, it'll be a sport. A five-part Sportsnet series, and every talking here, they're going to have like the gauzy uh, filter over it, and the the triumphant music. They're going to get like somebody. They're going to get Kiefer Sutherland to narrate it or something. <laughs> And and they're gonna they're gonna make a whole big thing, and he's gonna get booed. And then you, guess what? Has, what's gonna happen? He's probably gonna score the game winning goal, and it's gonna be a triumphant thing. Yeah. Someone someone will throw a beer at him on the ice, and then yeah. it'll it'll be oh the flying beers at Nassau Coliseum. Why, I can't believe they're back at Nassau Coliseum where the yeah. flying beer ac- epidemic didn't take too long to come back. <laughs> How could the league let this happen? <laughs> be a whole thing, you know. And it's gonna be a circus. It's gonna be a circus from top to bottom. I, I might I, I I might book a vacation. I don't know. Get the hell out of the I'm, country. Honestly, I'm 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 ex- really ex- I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know if I'm gonna go or not, but I'm excited for it a little bit. I legit and that just because of that article, like <laughs> I want to be like, um, yeah, you know what? Let's why, yeah. why don't we see? Why don't we see how it goes, Pierre? Yeah, like, I'll, I'll, <laughs> that'd be that. I'm funny. happy to document the, the the parking lot for you. Yeah, in season, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be the guy out there with the. Uh, the uh, barbecue gloves because there's going to be a lot of burning things out there. I don't want to touch any of them, pick them up with my bare hands. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll be good. I, actually, I'm interested to see Barry Trotz's reaction to it because he's just so even keel. He'll probably make a funny joke and just bust up the whole room yeah. and, and diffuse everything because uh, yep. uh, that's the kind of the guy he is. But anyway, all right, that felt good to get that out. All right, so yeah, let, yeah. let's wrap this up real fast. Um, what are we looking at here? So yeah, we got the the lightning on Thursday. Again, the, the evening you're probably listening to this, they're going to be playing lightning. Uh, 10 o'clock, uh, I mean, sorry, on the 10th on Saturday, uh, the game at Florida, they're doing Bill Torrey night, legacy night over at the, at the Panthers game with the Islanders, obviously. So that'll be cool to watch. And then the Islanders will do something for Bill Torrey on December 1st at the Coliseum. Uh, so that, that'll be cool to see. I, I want to see what they do, uh, for Bill Torrey there. And then they, the Islanders have a couple of days off and then Tuesday they're playing the surprising Vancouver Canucks with, uh, Elias Pedersen, who's, uh, yeah. Just tearing up the league right now, uh, so that that's not a gimme in any sense of the word. And then, oh boy, New York Rangers uh, in yep. Barclays Center, a place they love to play. Uh, on Thursday, I'm sure David Quinn is going to try and you know be the guy to break that jinx. But uh, yeah, I mean it's an interesting slate of games. Um, you know, yeah. uh, no gimmies here, but again, I, I feel like they'll they'll play really well against the Panthers. Uh, hopefully, Trots can can get them to play well in every one of them, but. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think if they can get a point out of Tampa, that's great. I think I would hope that they can beat Florida, and then you just hold serve at home, and and you know that that's probably the best thing you can hope for. But uh, what do you think? Scared? Yeah, you... <laughs> I I agree. I think I think um, first of all, the over under on the lowest ticket price for the Canucks game has got to be at like 
four dollars probably yeah uh, on the oh, that's one, one of those um i got the thing i'm sure you've got it too uh buy one ticket get another for a dime that's the dime oh. savings bank thing so man if you got a friend and you have a dime <laughs> go to the game you can get tickets real dirt cheap uh, i mean they're not much more than the dime you're paying for the second ticket so by all means go <laughs> and then uh yeah i mean that's a that's a that's an interesting spot game right you you, you just come off that road trip and then you got the rangers two days later so That'll be interesting. I, I, you know, like six, six points out of the eight would be great again. Um, and it's, it, it's another kind of like you, it's, it's definitely an interesting slate of games. That's a perfect way to put it. You know, you got yeah. two, two, one really the, the cream of the crop, then a team that you'll probably be battling with in the mix for a playoff spot in the Panthers. So probably be in the kind of the same tier as the Islanders, then the, <laughs> the, the Canucks just randomly sprinkled in there. And then um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, whenever I see teams like Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, even the California teams, I'm always kind of sec- secretly hoping that they're playing the Rangers the night before or the Devils the night before, or the Flyers, or the Bruins, or whoever the night before to kind of give the Islanders that little extra edge uh, in their game. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's just a weird mix of teams, you know, good, bad, yeah. kind of, you know, teams that are that are pretty quick. Which is a problem. I mean, outside of the Panthers game, these are teams that are generally pretty fast. Although the Panthers look pretty fast when they beat the Islanders, pretty good uh, the other day. So, um, yeah. Uh, but you know, at the same time, like I, I don't know if they'll win them all, but I'm you know having seen what we've seen so far, I think they have a good chance to to, to get points. I don't think they're going to get like you know blown out or swept at all. Then hopefully I don't end up eating those words. But uh, it should be a pretty interesting slate. And they actually have they only have two games that week, so. They get some rest, which is good too. Um, they, had, they had like six six games in ten days, which is kind nice. of a kind of a rough haul. So, uh, and then oh, and I guess just looking even further ahead, the eighteenth one o'clock game against Dallas on Sunday. So if you got kids, it might be a good time to go there too. Uh, okay, so uh, is that it? I think we oh man, we call, we talked about a lot of stuff. Colleton, we had some some uh, technical issues there that I hopefully don't end up <laughs> here on the final version. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we got everything right. Did I miss anything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel good. Cool. Uh, all right, so uh, why don't you tell everybody your Twitter account again? It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike on Twitter. You should read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. You should leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I keep forgetting to say that. You should do that because it helps us and people can, can see us. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for downloading. If you're going to the game tonight in Tampa, enjoy uh, it should be a good time. They, I hear they do great work down there, and uh, there's Isles meetups that you should check out uh, if you haven't already. Uh, and uh, we'll check out that game on Saturday, uh, Bill Torrey night at the Panthers, and we will be back next week. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.